Welcome to This Creative Life Radio. I'm Felicity O'Connor. Creative women all over the world are unblocking and recovering their creative journey while they rewrite the rules for creative success. Join me as I explore the lives of people engaged in successful creative work and unlock helpful tips that leave you inspired and ready to create. So welcome back to this Creative Life podcast. I'm Felicity O'Connor and um, fantastic to be here with you with all the wonderful artists around the world uh, and I'm really grateful for all of you that listen into the podcast and we certainly hope we continue to bring some great value to you and some interesting conversations and I'm sure today's conversation will most definitely be an interesting one. We have the beautiful painter Tracy Marie Smith, Australian artist, with us today and um, I have lots of things I want to ask her. I've been following her around. She doesn't know this, but I've been following her around <laughs> for a good year or so, Tracy, um, just to let you know that. So <laughs> um, I think your work's amazing and I'm really keen to talk to you today and so you are very welcome to this creative life. Hello. Oh, hello. Thank you. I am so honoured, Felicity. Thank you so much. That's my pleasure. Now, you, you've been popping up in lots of places I seem to go, so that's why <laughs> I started yeah. Uh, yeah. noticing you. But let's, let's wind right back to the start of your story. And, um, you know, I'm always curious to know when I chat to artists about their history and when they thought they became an artist or do you think you were born an artist? What would be your answer to that? Oh, look, I think I was born an artist. Um, I think I have, I definitely have the right personality traits to be an artist. I'm an introvert, um, sensitive, empathic, a loner. <laughs> All yep, those right. Things. I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just, you know, you just love being an artist alone in my shed. Um, mm. And I always drew as a child. I didn't paint a lot but I was always drawing and that was I wasn't really good at sport or anything else but I I think um I always felt I was good at, at drawing and loved art and grew up in a like I started my life um in the country then the city and then most of my childhood was growing up in places like Maury, Tamworth, Armidale so um country places but I always thought I'd do something with my art but I think because no, not not to be offensive, but in those days we didn't have access to to the internet or um, social media, so it was probably quite isolated, and mm. I wasn't sure what I could do with my art. And I always wanted to be an artist, but I think there was so much fear about being an artist um, and supporting yourself. I think that came up for me. Um, I'm, I come from a single mom, so I think all that was always in the back of my mind and I, I always thought, oh, I'll be an art teacher. And, and then this was probably a defining moment for Felicity because my art teacher, it was year 12 and we're all just sitting around and it was when your teachers just start to relax with you and I said, oh, I think I'm going to be an art teacher. And she said, don't be an art teacher, whatever you mm. do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and, and she was so adamant and she looked exhausted and I just thought, Oh, okay. And that actually, that changed my mind. So I um, just applied for fine arts and um, went to to uni thinking that I'll, I'll do fine arts and see what happens with that. And um, it was so laid back and it was Newcastle Uni and I just got scared after three weeks and thought, oh, my God, I, I, I won't, I'll be 
I'll be in poverty for the rest of my life. <laughs> and, I, and I just swapped over to graphic design and uh, as part of like the first year to go through the graphic design course. And um, and within graphic design, we did we did do sculpture and we did um, illustration. And every now and then, you would do a lot of art because we were the first year to go through. I don't think they really understood graphic design. So, um, so I did that and in the end, I, I really loved it. Um, I was really passionate about probably about the conceptual side and, um, and doing beautiful work. Uh, I really, that was my dream for design. And, um, I think I always approached it as art, which isn't very good in a commercial sense (laughs) (laughs) when you're, when you're, you're still the artist is coming out of you in, in the design world when um, <laughs> you're, expected, you're expected to work quickly. Right. Um, you're also, you know, you're on an hourly rate. So, um, but I stayed in the design world for, uh, oh, gosh, how old am I? I'm 49. Um, I, I probably still do a tiny bit every now and then so but I I was there for probably 20 years I went to sit I got a job in Newcastle in an advertising agency went to Sydney worked for a corporate company um which was really great because they were they had big clients so you could you could approach your work as art which was really nice mm. and then um and then I started a business with two friends um back in Newcastle uh, a design business but we were all kind of wanting to do great work. So we would quote the job and then give the clients so much more than they paid for. Right. <laughs> and in the end, I think I just burnt out and I, um, I just wanted to paint. Like I just wanted to do what I wanted to do and not have a client tell me to change it or, um, you know, move this here, have that colour there. I think um that sort of started me back up with painting and art and it was just something that I was going to do for myself, really. Um, so you sort of so found your way back to that in a way. Yeah, like a, I did. Mm. Like an, a need. It was a real internal, I think I felt so squashed as a designer by that stage. Um, I think coming back to at that time, uh, which was probably about 15, 16 years ago, uh, we had a lot of clients because it was Newcastle, um, you know, you get a lot of engineering clients, mining clients, and mm. you're dealing with the middle manager. So they're also quite fearful to produce anything that's unique or out of the box. And um, mm. I think I felt so squashed creatively that um, I had this need to paint. And, and as a designer, I was very corporate and very um, simple and minimalist. Uh, and which I did like to do, but when I wanted to paint, I just wanted to throw paint on the canvas and make a mess and um, paint intuitively rather than mostly conceptually because I was working conceptually. So mm. to actually paint from uh, from the heart and from feeling and um, yeah, so I think that's that's when I started painting and I and I I have to say like Ada Tomeski's work really inspired me at that stage so that, yeah, so it was probably about 15 years ago, she mm. inspired me to start just 
just doing art again. Yeah. Did did you did you work with her or meet her or, or just no, you're looking at her work? work and just mm. loved it. And yeah. um, go like he's you know you go to the win prize and she was always in it and yes. <laughs> I stand there and go oh my god I love your work and and the feeling behind it and how I felt looking at it and and I just love that I loved doing work that produces a feeling um more oh, so that's really yeah that's really interesting because I mean I think well I mean I'll get you to describe your work but um I, I certainly feel that when I have seen your work it's certainly quite um it's soaked in feeling you know like I, I really get that I yeah I think I think you, you do that beautifully yeah because you, you don't really know sometimes how it comes across and it's and it's um and I I do I think sometimes you think like I remember going to the gallery here and um him saying to me what have you got to say you know you need to what's your you've got to have something to say and I thought had a career of saying things. Now I just, I really feel like I have to, I have a feeling to get across, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it, it's quite interesting because I, I like that about art. I like to walk into a room and feel. And, and I think maybe that goes back to where my personality growing up, where as a child, um, you know, you're kind of sensitive and empathic and you, you walk into a room, you feel it. And you and people might say things to you, but you feel otherwise. So I kind of wanted my art to do that as well. So maybe my art is communicating um, a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, fantastic. I mean, I, I I think yeah. No, I think you you described it really well. And um, I heard recently a description that you know really good art when you see the art and then you meet the person, their art is clearly them. That, yeah. that you can you can kind of see that personality, um, yeah. and I thought that was a really great description because it's like yeah, I, except in the case of Ada Tomescu because I must say when I met her uh, and I've had the pleasure of doing some workshops with her I was like you did that painting like it just felt really different. Oh, okay, oh that's interesting. <laughs> really interesting, but yeah, I'm a big fan of hers too. So I, I but yeah, absolutely in terms of the the intensity of feeling um, and presence. Um, I think yeah. people like people like her are certainly the, the the ones to look out for and learn from. So, you tell me more about the language then your your painting and and maybe you can describe it for the people that haven't seen it and um, I'm sure they can look you up pretty quickly. Like um, they can have a look on Instagram. You've got a great Instagram account, Tracy Marie Smith Artist. But tell, can you describe in your own words the language of your work? Uh, well, it's mainly, like I'm really inspired by the landscape and I think that goes back to being uh, growing up in Moree, Tamworth, um, Armidale, where as a child you, you're in the landscape uh, constantly um, and being an only child, I'm an only child as well, so single mum, only child. Um, and I just remember where I might not, I've changed schools a lot, where I might not have felt like I did fit in. I always felt comfortable and um, a part of the landscape so whenever I was out, especially that intense heat, like Moray has a really hot, intense heat and growing up as a child, you walk on a tar road to go and get your bag of mixed lollies. <laughs> <And then, laughs> 
And the, the tar would stick to your feet. And mm. I love that heat. I just love that dry, intense heat and the the cracked the cracked earth and the the colours and the feeling that I get. So I quite often want to re- reproduce that feeling um, from mm. my childhood. And and also, um, well, now I live by, on the coast and I live in a. Um, I might be digressing. I'm sorry, but I live I live in. Um, Redhead, Newcastle, so, and the beach here is quite wild and um, it's quite isolated because I can go down there during the day and sometimes there's nobody, especially in winter, there's nobody on the beach and these wild waves. And, again, I, I feel really um, I feel really comfortable on the beach by myself. I feel I'm part of the landscape and and I feel like I, I want to get that language out as well. I feel like... Um, I don't feel like we own the land. I feel like the land is, is you know, we're part of it. And, um, yeah, so I'm always trying to bring that feeling out, but but probably not consciously. I, I've tried to paint from the feeling. I've tried to yes. feel it in my heart. Um, so it's not ever, it's, it's not, it's rarely that I'm consciously getting that across. It's just I feel I need to paint this or this way or these colours or, um yeah, that's usually how I start. And I layer my work. So um, I kind of like afterwards consciously thinking that it's layering your work is like um, it's like it's like many layers of yourself um, and many layers of the history of the landscape, which, you know, we're all interconnected. Um, and, and maybe I, I layer it and then um, I paint over and over and then I sand it back and I sand it back now with a, um, orbital sander so it's quite it's quite aggressive um, but you get right back down to the bottom layers and and sometimes I kind of feel like maybe that's the authentic layers and sometimes it gets covered up with history and um, thought and personality and um, you know what what's happening that maybe isn't always truth or yeah so mm. I kind of um, that's probably sometimes a, a language and a feeling coming through and it's kind of interesting how that looks to me once I start. And, um, again, that, that sanding and taking back and painting over is, is um, an intuitive coming from the heart process as well. Oh, I love I love that description of the, of the layers of the self and the, and the parallel with the layers of the land and the, 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 the putting on and the taking off process, which... As painters, we all can relate to, I'm sure, one level or another. But that's that's yeah. a beautiful process that you described. So it's a very intuitive thing, and for yeah. you, and and there isn't like you don't do preliminary drawings or anything. You you just feel your way. I feel my way. I did. I did actually um, start to like as a graphic designer and um, and as an artist as well. Like I, I wasn't really working with grids because I wanted to just get rid of anything like that when I started. But I. The last few paintings I thought, oh, I'm just going to, going to draw a grid and see if I can paint within a grid area. Um, and But that was about as close as I got to doing a preliminary drawing, so no, I don't. I haven't mm. at this stage, but I, I'm thinking I'm thinking actually I might do some more landscapes coming up that are a bit more realistic, so we'll see. Felicity, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Until mm. now I haven't. No, I kind of like that. I like that abstract process. I like that the artwork has its own 
I feel like it has its own soul and um, its own mm. personality coming through and I'm just a conduit because, you know, I, I'm sure you would, I don't know, I get to the end of it and sometimes I go, wow, how did I paint that? Did I paint that? I don't know whether I really did paint that, you know. Did, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Totally, yeah. To- totally understand that. Yeah, it's a really yeah. weird thing, isn't it? It's almost like you've got to get out of your own way, I think, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And have very little control in a sense, isn't yeah. it? I, I don't know whether you, it sounds like you feel the same way, but it's almost like the less control and the more it just, as you say, the conduit, you know, the, you allow it to come through, the, the better yeah. work you get. But I'm really interested in that layers thing too because, you know, you mentioned fear um, yeah. early on. So three weeks, three weeks in art school and you were yeah. scared scared and and fearful and and got the hell out of there right and I was just thinking about fear and you know the 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 process of helping people through fear is is often I don't know I would often think of it as as layers actually sanding back emotional layers yeah yeah has fear tell us about fear I mean we talked about it at the beginning but is fear been a thing that you've worked through? Do you feel, I mean, you, you look a courageous painter as, as I look at your work. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I I still have, um, yeah, I probably have worked through fears. I've done a lot of work um, on myself, um, not that you ever feel like you're there. Um, I had I had postnatal depression with my first child um, and just feel it like, just things like that that have kind mm. of taken me into areas of meditation, um, more mm. spiritual counselling, um, reading, um, yoga, things like that. So I'm more conscious of my fears and and not letting them rule me. Um, not that I'm, I'm successful at that all the time, but I, I have to say when I paint, I don't, I, I don't know, the fear is probably because I, the fear's not really there. It's joy and it's exciting. Um, there might be minute little, oh, should I do that, paint over that? Um, but the, it's so easy for me if I make a mistake to take it off, you know, with the, with the sander. So for me yeah. it's like freedom I have. Um, yeah. And and that's yeah. I think Felicity. Hope I'm being totally beautiful. Honest. <laughs> oh, that's. I, I think you're being incredibly honest, and we. Re- I just so appreciate having those honest conversations with other artists. But that's uh, that's really interesting to me because I there was just something I felt in your work, and that all makes sense now in terms of your own okay. personal kind of self actualization. Because I think that shows through. I, I feel there's an energy in that that shows through whatever you've worked through in your personal life, whatever you've dug into to understand yourself. This is so interesting because there's an honesty then, I believe, that, that shows up in, in people's work. Oh, thanks for listening. Yeah, well so done, nice well done. hear that from the other side, so thank you. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I, I just being honest back, I, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I see. <laughs> But look, moving along, I wanted I wanted just um, ask you. There's some real particular interesting things about about your um, life as an artist, and one of the things I was just dying to ask you about was the experience of being selected as a win prize finalist. Oh, um, yeah. Tell tell us about how that happened. It wasn't what was it three years ago now? Uh, last year. Last year it was okay. Last year, so yeah. 
Tell us all about that because that's really quite an achievement. Oh, it was it was probably one of the best moments of my life. It was just amazing. Um, it was a dream come true because, like I was saying, I used to always go. I used to, you know, I used to love looking at the Archibald, but I always wanted to go to the win, and I always stood there. Um, you know, ever since art school, going, oh, I just love to be on these walls. But that's sort of like saying, I'd love to win lotto. Think that you're going to be on those walls, and um, I think I I went in the year before, and I didn't get in, and I didn't expect to, but I thought oh, I'm just going to go in every year, and I wanted to show my kids that you just you have a dream and you go for it and you don't give up. And then still, they were too young really to get it, but I felt in my mind, I've just, I need to be an example here. And um, and then so last year I thought, right, I'm going to put painting in the wind again. And um, and I started painting and it was, it was probably a little bit more realistic it started off and, um, and it got to probably the last few days and I thought this is not working. And Felicity, I kind of look back now and feel like, again, I don't know whether I painted this, I feel like it was channeled again mm. because how did it end up like that? How, why did I think to do what I did? Mm. Um, well, you, probably, you probably didn't think, you felt. Yeah, I just felt and I, and I produced the work and I'd arranged for my friend to, she was going to come down with me and so she'd given up a day of work and I told my kids I was going to do it and... I, and, but the night before I thought, oh, it's just not good enough. Oh, I just wouldn't know. I wouldn't be going if my friend hadn't given up work and I hadn't told the kids and, oh, I'm so <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I wouldn't even let my friend, like I met her um, at another, I met her in Toronto on the way down and we, she hopped in my car and she's all excited going, let me look, let me look. And I didn't even want her to look at my work because she, she was the, my friend who I had a design business with. So anyway, it was a really funny, like I look back now and but all the way down there was this big rainbow on the highway and um, I all I thought was, man, I hope that's a sign. Oh wow. Um, and I thought nothing of it. And I think I was in a bit of a slump thinking at that stage. Um, so you drop it off. For anyone who goes in the wing, I don't know whether I'm giving away anything they but they they tell you they'll notify you two weeks later, but they don't. They pretty much notify you. Like I dropped it off on the Friday, Tuesday I got an email. Wow, so, really? Yeah. So I was sitting there, I remember sitting there on Tuesday and I was feeling a little bit down thinking, man, I think I'm kidding myself that I could have mm-hmm. a career in art, you know. Um, I just felt quite depressed. Things weren't happening for me. And then, bang, this email came through and I thought it was a joke. I thought it was <laughs> There's no logos, there's nothing, there's just this um, kind of nondescript congratulations, you have, you're a finalist in the win prize. And I just, I just broke down in tears. I just could not believe it. I was shaking. um, And yeah, it was just the most phenomenal thing that could have happened. Um, Yeah. So I was. That's just fantastic. Sorry. I'm really interested to hear you describe the lead up to that because. A few things you said there, I know a lot of uh, artists would really relate to, like the, you know, what am I doing? It's not good enough. It felt like there was almost like a, a moment of letting go of despair before that happened. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's happened to me a couple of times as well. So Yes. 
that was that was I I I didn't even know whether I was even teary to my husband saying what am I doing and he's been so supportive um but there are lots of moments that I have where I get to that point of thinking I'm kidding myself because it's you know art is an expensive um pursuit <laughs> so yep. you, you, you it's not yeah and it's um yeah so I just remember sitting here like on my computer just feeling really down so um yeah so that was and that just from July to December that year was phenomenal. Um, they they then invite you to this special artists lunch, so you get to go. Um, you know, you and all the other artists, like the Archibald artists, the Wynn, the Sawman, and one other person. So I took my husband. You get to go and have this beautiful lunch at all alone, previewing all the the. Oh. Um, it was amazing. Like, oh my, you know, oh my God, that my name's there. <laughs> oh, what a dream! So, oh, this so is for those for those people that aren't familiar. This is we're talking about the New South Wales Art Gallery, aren't we? So we're we're right at the top at that point. You at the top. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a dream. Like I, I still had to pinch myself being there. It was so it was so surreal. And then um, and then you get invited to opening night, and you have a special like all the artists go in at 6.30 and the Archibald sitters are invited um, and you can invite like two other people and you go in and have champagne. Um, so you're walking up red carpet uh, and you go and then they let everybody else in like at 7.30 or something like that and it's a big party. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's just amazing. It's wow. So, so I, tell us, who, who, who did you meet? Who did you have interesting conversations with in terms of other artists? Oh can, you, can you tell us? <laughs> I think my husband had really interesting conversations with everyone because I'm there. Everyone to me is a superstar, and I said, oh, "You know, like look over there." There's, there's Luke Scuderis. Oh, I love his work. Um, so my husband went up and spoke to him, and yep. then <laughs> he said, "This is my wife. She loves to work." And but oh. I, I, <laughs> there are a few artists like that. Um, Belinda Henry was beautiful and she's been quite supportive um since so it was really nice to meet her and Craig Handley he was next to me and he was he's lovely just such a lovely guy and I love his work uh so we had a really nice conversation uh and I actually had a really great conversation with Belinda Henry's dad um Cole Henry who's a he's a sculptor oh yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah and he he actually talked to me for a while and he said he said so tell me about your work and I I told him how I worked with my sander and he said so you're you're a sculptor you're not a painter you're a sculptor and uh. Uh, and I thought <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you're right maybe there's some parts of it is like being a sculptor where you know you're taking it away after I've built it up and and mm-hmm. I like dimensionality of it so he was he was really interesting and he probably put a different slant on my work in my mind that I would not have thought of and um and he was just he and his wife were just really interesting and um and he kind of also said they both said look you know your work's unique what you do stick with it um so I felt I felt quite um inspired by what they had to say which was really nice and um, there's nothing like that I mean I know in many ways we shouldn't be seeking that validation um and often I talk to other artists about you know just stay in your own lane you know don't don't look across but get in your own lane and go for it but on the other hand 
when someone like those people that really know what they're talking about give you some validation, I think there's nothing sweeter than, than, yeah. than that. Yeah, it is, especially when, um, you know, I kind of went in there thinking it wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, it was really, that was really great. And it also kind of made me feel um, confident about my process as well because as much as I, I do paint because I don't set out usually with a sketch or a drawing or I have a, my work never is, it's never preconceived. So um, it's nice for me to kind of feel that I've, I, I, I go across different um, areas rather than yeah. just painting and, and that's okay. I yes, think. right. Um, mm. Yeah, however, however you get that work out is, is okay, it's not pigeonholing so much I think yeah that's a great that's a great point because I I do think there are people there are artists that kind of worry that they're not being purist in in their processes and I think that's a really that's a great point just while I'm thinking about that too like I mean firstly to say I guess just to remind people listening in that yes you reached a fantastic level there and well deserved might I say I saw that painting in the wind and I just loved it so it was well deserved but this isn't an overnight success right this is something you you know this has got what 30 49 years perhaps um as you as you say you know behind it and Mm. and and I think that I mean I'm not sure I don't know enough really being because I didn't go through I went I actually went back to uni and did a little bit more of my art degree after I had my daughter, um, no, before I had my daughter, so I, mm-hmm. I started my art, um, felt like that was the direction I wanted to go, left my design business, and I think I did two years of my fine art degree, mm-hmm. and then I got pregnant, so I didn't finish the final year, um, and I, so I don't, I sometimes think, oh, maybe I'm not, I'm not in that art world, I haven't kind of grown up in that art world and maybe the art world doesn't respect the design world as much, sort of looking at Ken Doan and but I think my my what I've learned through being a designer is is so invaluable as an artist as well. I, I think you um there's so much that's so similar but maybe not acknowledged that that it's just as valid for me being an artist, what I've learned as a designer. Fantastic. Well, it's certainly, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it becomes part of your language, doesn't it, because that's yeah, part of your yeah, story. Yeah. yeah, so all those years of designing where I can say, oh, they were making me an artist, they, they were, they made They were. They made my, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. So I want to get on to you did some really interesting um, sort of collaboration with, with a charity um, earlier this year, but one quick question. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but I just this is a question I just really am fascinated with at the moment. How many hours a week do you spend with the brush in your hand, like real art making hours? What would you uh, say? Felicity, I like I've had a break lately. I think I just yep. pushed so hard the last two years. Um and, and to be honest, I'm a mom as well. So I'm I'm kind of like I am the full-time parent. Yep. So it would vary if I probably if I had an exhibition coming up, um, 20, 20, maybe to 30, if I can. Yep. yep. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's 10. Sometimes it's yeah. whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good. Again, a great, you know, great thing to talk about that, that there are a lot of artists that are running families and running jobs and, and businesses, you know, and we've all got to figure it out, don't we, how to get the, the brush miles in. We've all got that to figure through and sometimes you're right, I think that really varies, but I'm always interested just just to work out. I wonder how many other you know, artists are spending how many hours. <laughs> But look, let's let's. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about this this um, charity connection and how all that came about. Tell us about who they are and and why you became involved in in them. Because I saw your post. I think it was on Instagram. I saw and I. It was actually that that made me want to reach out and contact you because I thought, wow, this this person, this artist has really got something going on here. How cool that she's involved in, what, was oh. it a, a donation of a painting or something yeah. really sparked my interest about that. So tell us all about it. Uh, well, I, as, like I said, I've been doing lots of work on myself and I joy, I have a, well, I have a friend in Redhead and, and he um, he runs meditation he, he runs a med, like a, a coaching business, but he, he runs meditation retreats. And um, this he had this retreat in the Philippines coming up and I'd been on a couple of local ones with him and they were always amazing by the end of it. There was always a lot comes up that you, um, you know, that you work on, that you see. And, and, and the group of people that I was with, I felt really connected to um, and so I really wanted to go on this Philippines trip, but a lot of fear came up. So there was a lot of fear coming up on that trip and I nearly didn't go. And I'm so glad that I went. We went, um, yeah, so we went to the Philippines. But prior to that, um, I was told that we'd, we'd spend, say, four days on the retreat on this lovely island and then we'd go to the city of Bacolod and um, meet up with, sponsored children like the other people on the retreat actually had sponsored children and and they said look you don't have to sponsor a child but if you want to you can and you'll get to meet your child on this trip and I thought that's such an opportunity because when would that happen you know like you sponsor children but you probably would never meet them and Mm. so um, my family and I we got to choose a, a child and we chose a little girl and um yeah, so I went up, we went over and, and did the meditation retreat, which was which was amazing, which probably set us up to to be able to um, be present and connected and and mm. heartfelt once we got to where to the children. And we sponsored the children through a, a company called Compassion. And Compassion actually give 80% of your money to the children and the family. Right. And um, and and um, before I went over there, I thought sponsoring a child, how much of a difference does that really make? You know, it, it's probably your money going into a big pool of money. Does that child really benefit that much? You know, it was always kind of a thought in my mind. And um, But then when I went over there and these beautiful people, um, they, they're over there running this, the Philippines Compassion side, um, they were there talking about everything that that they'd done and they had, um, so the first night we got to the college, they had their sponsored child, which they'd brought up from being a little girl who now works for them and who they consider their daughter. 
Um, and, and she spoke, there was her and another girl spoke at dinner one night and they were crying and they were telling us how much it changed their life. And it wasn't even so much the money, even though that did change their life. It was their feeling of being loved and important. And mm. they and that really came across and they, so they felt empowered, I think. And um, yeah, that, so that, that was just mind-blowing and, and life-changing for me to think, hey, mm. just to make a difference by being in this child's life, you make them feel loved and you make them feel important enough that you're willing to sponsor them. And um, and, and anyway, so then I think I'm going all over the place. I'm trying to... <laughs> no, you're not doing it. I'm fascinated. It's just the most beautiful story. Oh, wow. Yeah, and these people, um, they're just beautiful people. It's, it's um, Trevor and Rose and, and so they run, I think they might have set up the Philippines... Um, side of compassion but they also have a sector that they built with their own personal money and and their own um sponsored money and they've got this center in this this slum area of Bacolod and so we went there and it's like a community center and um so one of the days we were there helping we were putting bags together to give to street kids they had a special interest like the, the girl that they raised who, who they consider their daughter, she has she runs the centre, which is called the Malapai Centre, and she has a special interest in street kids. So they were we we spent the day kind of packing bags to give to the street kids. And I you know just get emotional now thinking about it. So we're packing, I'm getting really emotional. <laughs> we're packing bags to give to these kids and there's little bags to give to like little five-year-olds and you know gorgeous. That's amazing. Um, you know, we're packing toothbrushes and toothpaste, all these sponsored things, like sponsored products, clothes. And then we, um, you know, we all had different jobs and some of us were cooking meals and, um, and and then others were packing and others were doing other things. And so that was the morning and then we all got onto buses and we went to um, a place like it's that kind of McDonald's and they were having like the street kids had been the Malapai Centre had arranged for the street kids to have about eight weeks' worth of education. So they'd mm-hmm. go to the park, these, these university graduates, and they would sit down and teach these kids how to read, how to, you know, how to, how to just have basic things that because they'd never been to school. And so they wanted to have a really lovely little graduation at this, um, this kind of like McDonald's, which was called Jollibee. And so we all came and, and sat around while these kids came in and they were so proud and they were so beautiful and so full of love and um, they, you know, they got fed and they got the little bags that we made them full of clothes and toothbrushes and they were, they were so emotional and so grateful. And we just sort of sat there with them um, really inspired. You know, it's just an amazing, amazing thing to witness. Mm. And then little kids, like the little tiny ones and, you know, right up to 18. So it was hugely emotional. <laughs> and then from that time, then we went to the park where most of the street kids live, this certain park in Bacolod, and we fed street kids and we fed parents. And, um, yeah, that was just, that was really heart-wrenching. Um, yeah. Wow, what an experience just to yeah. be in the midst of all of that. So how, how did your art become part of that story? 
Oh, well, really it was just they were raising money for the Malapai Centre and um, I just thought, you know, I, how could I help? That's that's really the only way I felt I could raise money or help or um, so I just donated a painting and it, it was used as um, on the night of this ball to raise money for the Malapai Centre. It was just a, a painting for auction. Mm-hmm. So that, um, someone could bid on it and uh, it actually went to a man who was on the retreat with me and he looked at my work and he said, oh, I really love that painting. And um, and I sort of didn't go any further because that painting was in an exhibition I had and I actually asked, like I said, to the art gallery, oh, look, they're going to come and pick up another painting. I put another painting up for auction. They're going to come and pick this painting up are you okay to have it ready for them? And he, he was. And when I got to the ball, it wasn't that painting. He'd given them the wrong painting. Which oh. You know, and there's nothing you can do. I'm just like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and it was actually the painting this man wanted right from the Oh, beginning. beautiful. Oh, well, there you go. The universe just organised <laughs> that one, didn't it? <laughs> it was meant to be. And, um, yeah, so it was, I just felt really, I think that was also, you know, they, everyone was really so, grateful and it it was so amazing that you could just do something you love which was no effort for me like because I love it and that painting would probably put I don't know how many kids through university that was the intention of the night and so um yeah that that blew my mind as well it's like wow you know I've, I've been out having a great time painting and I'm going to hopefully that that money that you know this beautiful man bid it on my bid on my painting. Will send three or four kids to uni. Oh, what an absolute dream! I mean, that's wow, that's just gorgeous. So again, it's kind of opened my heart, my mind, um, to what you can do and how you can make a difference. And yeah, it's just and and making a difference, doing something that you love. So I guess it gives you giving with joy as well, which is really nice mm. and really important I think mm. um, it's not really like yeah it's, it's with joy and happiness yeah that's just beautiful Tracy I, I knew there were so many reasons why I needed to talk to you but that's been incredibly inspiring for me personally and um, oh. I, I felt emotional hearing your story but it's just oh. what a what a beautiful thing to think yeah how do we how can this thing art how can it how could it contribute yeah. beyond ourselves, you know, as being bigger yeah. than ourselves and being part of community, as in global community? I, I think yeah. you've just done something there that's just absolutely beautiful and um, I, I just feel so inspired to hear, hear your story. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's brilliant. Oh, I, think I, I did forget to tell you, we did meet our sponsored children too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was, um, and I'll, I'll just say that in case anyone is interested, um, I, we, we went out the next day again, we went out and met all our children, but most of the people that I was with had, had already sponsored the children and had been there the year before. Mm-hmm. So the morning I'd gone with um, two of them to their sponsored children's homes and what I saw and what they told me in the photos they showed me from last year those children had flourished, the homes had flourished, the families had flourished and you could see it and they could see it and um, it it was tangible. It was obvious that these kids, 
they they get they if they're sponsored they get an extra day of food they get a Saturday education day, which is really big for, for um, people in the Philippines is education. So they get a free Saturday education. They get fed on that day. They get um, all their doc, all their medical um, and their family benefits. So what I saw was just amazing and. Um, and, and, and really emotional that morning. And then when I met my little girl in the afternoon, you, you have a caseworker that comes with you from Compassion and she said, you know, your money paid. She had pneumonia three or four weeks ago and your money paid for her medical. And, oh. yeah, like you just, I just thought, oh, you know, that's fantastic. I would never really have believed that my money would do that. Oh. Um, the difference and then she had a little dress on and little shoes and um and the lady said oh you bought that for her as well and and the parents were just over the moon with gratitude and then what we did was we took them shopping so we um like the, that that day we met them and then the next day we meet them at this Jollibee place like um McDonald's and the kids will get fed and there's a little party and then we take the family shopping. So we go grocery shopping with them and we buy them food. So wow. Yeah, <laughs> so we go around and um, they pick out what they need and, you know, mainly it's rice and it's small life milk and things like that. And then um, and then we go to another, like it's a shopping centre and, and then there's a, another shop that's just kind of like a Kmart. So then we buy some clothes and I just bought, because there's two other children, so I just bought, you know, a little toy for each of the child children and the clothing and so you're donating that as well, which is really like, you know, 150 Australian dollars buys right. them food for like a month and clothes and, yeah, so that was Wow. Really, I was I can, like, I- <laughs> yeah, that's that's a huge journey to go on, and um, yeah, you know, just just beautiful to hear. And I'm I'm so glad we had the opportunity to share it here because it's it it's just such a great sort of connection to who you are, what how how your work comes across, where your work's ended up, your pursuit of that. I I just think that's such a great thing, and you you know that's your love and compassion for people, you know, just really shining through there. So I'm very very grateful for you and what you've done, but but to speak to you today about that's really, really special for the podcast. Thanks, yeah. Lucy. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I We need to wind it up, Tracy, but I'm, I'd love um, to help people to find you, to have a look at your art and perhaps to follow you uh, and understand more of your journey and, and your process and your making. I know Instagram's pretty good. We talked about that and we love that for artists. So Tracy Marie Smith, artist. And then do you have a, a website as, as well, Tracy? I do. Um, so my website is um, Tracy, T R A C E Y with a hyphen, and then Marie, M A R E Smith Artist.com. Beautiful. So people can see more of and really get the visual on, on your process and what you're making. And yeah. you're, are you part, you're part of, Am I right thinking you're part of Cook's Hill Gallery in yes, Newcastle? Yeah, part, part of Cook's Hill Galleries as well. So um, he has he has a lot of my work at the gallery at the moment and some on the wall and some in the stockroom. <laughs> awesome. And what what about what's coming up next for Tracy Marie Smith? I'm what's just, coming up? <laughs> I've just finished an exhibition with Mark and um, 
I actually don't know, Felicity. I'm just um, haven't got anything booked in yet, so I'm not mm. sure. Okay, well, we'll watch with interest. I mean, I think after you've you've done a solo, often there's a little bit of breathing time needed, isn't there? Yeah. It's a pretty big thing to pull um, together. So, yeah, feeling I'm feeling kind of inspired to because I had a little break, so I'm inspired now to get out and start painting again and um, and awesome. see where it leads to. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll we'll be. I'll certainly be one that that continues to watch and and be fascinated in your work. And um, um, I'm I'm sure we'll see you, if not in New South Wales Art Gallery again, we'll we'll definitely see you see you around somewhere big. Um, that'd be nice, yeah. Um, and yeah, that that that'd be great. And we do wish you all the very best with with everything that you're um, contributing to on so many levels in the world. I'm very grateful for that, Tracy. Very grateful for your time today and thank you so much for sharing so much of your personal creative journey with us and I'm sure that's been a most fascinating listen. I've certainly found it has been. I'm sure our listeners will thoroughly enjoy that. So thanks once again and people can track you down through those social media spots and websites and so on and galleries and uh, continue to enjoy your work and we really look forward to seeing um, all the things that unfold for you going forward. Thank you, Felicity. Again, I am honoured and I'm really grateful that you wanted to speak to me. Thank you. it's, It's my pleasure. Thanks. Thanks again. And thanks for everybody listening in today to this fantastic episode um, with the wonderful Australian artist Tracy Marie Smith. And you can check her out and other episodes of this Creative Life podcast. Um, I don't know how many we're up to. We're probably up to about 15 or 20 episodes. So um, thanks for tuning in here, everybody, again. And we love having our podcast listeners along for the journey. There are lots of great things happening. We've got our Facebook community from the easel. Uh, We've got a fantastic program up and running called the Art Activators. All that can be checked out on my website, felicityoconnor.com. Um, and you might want to keep your eye on that space because there's some super interesting things happening and some great connections being made amongst artists. It's one of the reasons I love doing a podcast. I get to ask the questions I want to ask other artists uh, and get connected to more and more artists. So it's a beautiful, big, supportive network that we can all enjoy. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Until the next episode, stay creative, enjoy life, and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're feeling really ready to jump into your creative life. If you'd like more information about my inspiring 12-week online program to seriously unblock your creative life, pop on over to my website, felicityoconnor.com, and go to the Work With Me page. If you're after a super friendly, helpful community of creative people to hang out with, you must check out my amazing Facebook group called From The Easel and join hundreds of artists and creative people that have discovered that they don't have to take this journey alone.